0: Blog Talk Radio. challenge show on the blog talk radio network live from our studios in the nation's capital washington dc if you'd like to be a part of the program the number to call 646-668-2634 646-668-2634 it's a tough subject today but one that needs some focus some spotlight how could a parent kill their own child statistics show that it's on the rise and happens far too often, not in far-flung corners of the world, not in third-world countries, but right here in the USA. Our guest today is author Carrie Allen Stone. He wrote a chilling book about a subject that uh, he actually met personally, who was involved in just this such event. It's uh, The phenomenon is called filicide. The book, though, is through a Mother's Eyes And we welcome Carrie Allen Stone to the program Carrie, this has to be One of the most chilling Heart-wrenching books That I have ever looked through And uh, and it's got to be tough For an author to know the, the subject matter uh, And the people in this book Personally uh, Tell us, you know, how did this, this whole journey begin For you in writing Through a Mother's Eyes
1: uh, It started uh, Just by, uh, I was going to a, uh, a health club in Orlando, Florida, and I got to become friends with Julie just by going in and out of there. She worked at the at the facility. So we would talk off and on, nothing, nothing major. Um, so I got to know her that way over about a year's time. Uh, I did walk in. One day, and uh, she was extremely stressed, and I'm one of those people that when somebody looks that distressed, I step up and ask what the problem is, what's wrong, and uh, that particular day, uh, I walked over to the the, the machines in the gym after I spoke to her for a little while, and I, I was Rolling it around in my head, uh, I was a uh, commercial pilot during that time, and I had a two-day trip that I had to fly. And I, while I was on, I think the Stairmaster. I thought, well, you know, if she's that stressed when I get home, you know, I'll sit her down and I'll talk to her then. Well, I left for the trip. Trip went great. Came back. Put my bag in the corner, sat down on a chair. It's about five o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. I turned on the news, and I'm watching Julie being led off the scene of the uh, led by the uh, detectives from the scene in handcuffs, And I was absolutely stunned. So I didn't do the thing that I always did for the first time in my life, and that is talk. Talk, ask, but what's wrong? I want to know what's wrong, and then if there's anything I can do. And this is the first time I didn't do it, and and the result was tragic. She had uh, taken her son's life the night before, and uh, since that time, I've I've felt that as a as a an issue for me. So writing the book was. Uh, was a way for me and her some personal redemption. And uh, the, the book was written uh, a few years ago, back in, it was first released in early uh, 2002. took me about four years of research and uh, getting into the correctional mm-hmm. facility. And that, uh, even now, if I'll sit down and have a conversation with somebody and get deep into the book or if I'll go back into the book for editing reasons or whatever, uh, it just brings out a whole, uh, whole lot of hurt. So um, that's how it started. That's where uh, I went ahead and did the work. That's why I did the work, and it's been my personal crusade ever since if you're just joining us, our guest today is author
0: Carrie Allen Stone. The book we're talking about is Through a Mother's Eyes. It's a true story about filicide, about a mother who takes her six-year-old son's life. Carrie uh, just told us he, he actually met the subject matter and, and was friendly with her. She worked in a, a health club that he uh, went to in, in Orlando, Florida. And if you're not familiar with the name Carrie Allen Stone, Carrie is, a, uh, is, is spent much of his, his professional career as a pilot for corporate jets and and airlines, commercial pilot. Um, And uh, I I think it's fascinating that that back in the, in the nineties, you actually flew Sir Ridley Scott on a flight uh, when he was scouting locations in the Caribbean. He talked to you about writing. And then you've gone on to write uh, a whole series of these crime thrillers, uh, these Jake Roberts novels that have been, you know, very well received, Uh, Amazon hall of fame, top 10 reviewers and crime fiction, psychological thrillers and, Lots of readers' favorite awards and uh, you know endorsements from people like Clive Cussler. That's a whole different thing. These Jake Roberts novels; those are all fiction. They're all fantasy. These are all the things they make movies out of. But through a mother's eyes is a whole different story. This is real life, real crime. And you know, as I began to look into this book Carrie, I found out something that, that amazed me. That uh, that, that this this uh, phenomena of, of parents killing children is is not only prevalent in the United States, it's on the rise. Now, I know you did hundreds of hours of research into this particular story, and, and filicide as a whole. When, when you step back and you take a 40-foot view of somebody who's really looked into this, how can that be? You're a parent. I'm a parent. How can it be that in the most advanced society in, in the world – that this happens? What's behind it?
1: Well, two things I think are the main, main problem. One that you just mentioned is technology. And technology has forced us to become uh, – we don't have the contact with people like we used to. So everything's done on an Internet or it's done on an iPhone. So you don't have personal contact. You don't develop a personal relationship isolated and you won't reach out to anybody anymore because you don't have to. The goal of the book was to make it clear that this could happen to anybody at any time. Anybody can get as stressed as Julie did over, over the things that she went through. And Julie went through a number of things, uh, She was actually a good study for the filicide people because usually uh, uh, someone who does this has one issue, and Julie's issues went across across the gamut, so she's actually a a good reference. When I first put the book out, I used to ask my flight attendants to read it and tell me what they thought. Or when I would meet somebody and talk about it, I'd say – you know this is the story and and uh, the first thing out of their mouth was uh, you know she should get the electric chair or she should she should be you know executed uh, lethal injection whatever right. and then by the time they finished reading the book they wanted to give her a hug
0: so and for folks who haven't read the book that's it's hard to wrap your head around that and 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 I guess you know let's get into this particular case this case of julie and 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 when she killed her, you know, her six-year-old little boy, his name was Charlie, I believe. Is that right? Charlie, right. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's, it is just gruesome. You know, as I read through the book, she, she tried to overdose him, to let him die in his sleep. He started to convulse. She panicked. She used a razor to, to cut his wrist, and he didn't die. She used it to cut his throat. She, you know, put him in a bathtub and, and he was still alive he drowned finally in the bathtub it took an hour and a half to kill him and, and yet you're telling me that after flight attendants and others read the book even after that that gruesome very brief description from the book people still have sympathy for her how can that be so, you know and, and certainly i know you don't want to give away the entire book but you want to to help people through this, how, where does the sympathy come from, from a lady that, that put her six-year-old little boy, Charlie, through this? Well, if,
1: if you read Julie's story, from, and that's what I, I, I took her life from the time she was born till the time we were sitting in the uh, jails, in the, the uh, correctional facility uh, cell while I was doing the interview. We did one end to the other. And she didn't hold back about anything. And when you when you read it you realize how close we all are to making a bad decision. She loved Charlie. She loved Charlie uh, more than anything in the world and and actually thought she was protecting him. She was planning to die that night as well as an attempted at suicide. But the 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 thing that you come away from is not it was, strangely enough, it's not how gruesome it was, and it was and it only took that long because she she made the wrong she made errors when she did it, so took a little longer than she expected, and she panicked but that's not the real part of the story. The part of the story is we all need to start asking each other because the, the technology and the times we're in are very stressful and we're distracted and we, you know, we're, t- this country's taking tons of uh, pills now to settle down and, uh, and, and we're not communicating with, with each other. And it's real easy under certain conditions, you know, in anger or whatever, you know, there are people doing it in just in anger. She did it out of love. But hey, and we're let's all talk about that for that a second, itch. Carrie. Let's
0: let's talk about the You said she did it out of love. Um, she was in a very abusive relationship with with Charlie's father, and uh, also had a uh, uh, you know a, a problem with with drugs. So when you say to try to protect Charlie, it was to try to protect him from from this man who actually was his father.
1: Is that right? Correct. Yes. He, uh, he had forced her that she had had met him and she was totally in love with him, but he was, he was, he was pointing, uh, an intense individual. He beat her. Uh, they were, they were horsing around one day. She broke her elbow. The doctor prescribed hydrocodone. Next thing you know, she's got an addiction. Uh, he was uh, drinking heavily, and uh, she had gotten to a point where she had been she had been arrested and convicted twice for for writing prescriptions on her own. And in Florida, you know, she thought in the back of her head that you know she's going to be a uh, uh, a third time with would spend a hard time if she got caught right. third time. So he was so abusive and so intense and so uh, he, he forced several abortions on her before Charlie was born. Charlie was her, her call of independence. It was her time to take independence. She refused to abort him. And that's why she was so involved with him and so attached and so protective uh, for the for the women in, in these kind of relationships, they don't have the resources to fight back, and the husband had all the resources. So running away or getting the divorce or asking for help wasn't working, and she just realized, well, I'm going to have to do something, and all I can, all I have left, I'm not going to let Charlie be in his hands, and I go to jail for 10 years uh, I can't fight him and uh, the only option she came up with was I'm going to have to leave the planet and the world and I'm, I'm going to take Charlie and we're going to get out of here which is which is unbelievable now that the husband uh, was uh, Green Beret etc Vietnam and uh, he was he was uh, quite intense. The the homicide detectives that I interviewed originally, uh, I had mentioned to him that after I interviewed him, I wanted to go interview the husband. And I was told, don't go anywhere near him uh, because he's he's psychotic. And uh, and they they had six officers wrestle him to the ground. When he came to the police station to be in, informed that his, that she had done it, so he was he was too much to take. That was that that was a problem from the Vietnam days. The abuse. Uh, her pill problem got out of control. Her parents, uh, where she tried to live. And and get away from him. Got to a point where the you know they that her father actually told her to leave because his retirement was disappearing. Uh, she had no place to go. She had no resources. She had no way to fight back. She was afraid of going to prison and Charlie being left in this guy's hands. So she took she took she decided the only way to to deal with it was the way she did. But even he, after story. it was over with, after after it was over, even he said uh, he's never known anybody love a child more than Julie. The
0: book is Through a Mother's Eyes. The author is Carrie Allen Stone. It's available now at Amazon.com and bookstores everywhere. Uh, and we see these stories on, on the Nancy Grace TV shows of the world and of course, we all remember the Casey Anthony story that also happened in Florida, and, and this is uh, very much in that vein, uh, and then some, and it's a growing problem in the United States. When we come back after the break, uh, I want to talk with our guest, Gary Allen Stone, about his jailhouse interview with Julie, the mother who killed little six-year-old Charlie. Back with more right after this on the Burke-Allen Show.
1: Over 14 million people witnessed his emotional story of survival and triumph on national television.
0: I've been doing this now for so long, like ever since I was a kid. Millions more voted him their favorite in a landslide win. The winner is... And now, you can be a part of the experience live. Landau Eugene Murphy <laughs> Jr. Landau Eugene Murphy Jr. Ain't that kick in the head? Your America's Got Talent winner. I've got you. Landau Eugene. Gene Murphy Jr. Under my live, live. Performing <laughs> classics from the Great American Songbook and his Columbia Records debut CD, That's
1: Life. That's Life. Landau Eugene Murphy Jr.'s That's Life Tour.
0: The one concert event this year you absolutely can't miss. See Landau Eugene Murphy Jr. live in concert. Your concert date for more details at LandauMurphyJR.com. We're gonna make We're back on the Burke Allen Show, live from Washington, D.C. The number to call, 646 Our guest today is author Carrie Allen Stone. The book is Through a Mother's Eyes, Carrie Allen Stone, a best-selling crime writer, crime fiction novelist, uh, the book series, the Jake Roberts series. But today's book is all too real. And it's the story of Julie who killed her six-year-old son, Charlie. What brought her to do that, and, and just the horrible circumstances behind it? Uh, I might note that uh, March first was uh, a nationwide day of mourning, where the disabled community gathered at vigils all over the United States to remember disabled people who've been victims of filicide, murdered by family members or caregivers. There were over a hundred vigils held this year in cities all across the United States, and quite often. That's when this happens, when parents feel hopeless and they kill their disabled kids. In this case, in the case of the book Through a Mother's Eyes, six-year-old Charlie was perfectly healthy and happy. His mom, Julie, was not. Carrie Allen Stone knew Julie personally. He uh, even interviewed her in the jail where she was uh, locked up. And uh, Carrie Allen Stone, our guest today... Before we talk about the jailhouse visit, you mentioned in the previous segment, Carrie, that that she worked at a health club that you were a member of. You you got friendly with her. She worked at the front desk there for over a year's time. Did you have any inkling in that time that she was addicted to drugs, and uh, did she ever mention that she had a son in that time
1: no, I, I had there was there was no indication whatsoever of any drug abuse or any behavior. She just was a, a normal lady trying to make a living, and uh, the, I, I didn't know that the son and she were living in the car, her car, behind the health club until later. Um, so it was it was. Uh, that part of it was a surprise. She she uh, she was just happy every other time I had been in there, and, and and cordial, and and just a nice person, very smart lady, and uh, it was it was uh, it was all a surprise when it happened for me.
0: The book has received five-star reviews all across the board. Pam Thomas Reviews says, and I quote, this has to be one of the most poignant, heart-wrenching books I have ever read. Um, you, because you knew Julie, were granted something pretty rare. You were granted the opportunity to interview her in prison. So we should note, we didn't really talk about this in the last segment, that after Julie did kill her son, um and, and she, of course, had a, a, a prescription drug problem and had been in jail, thought she was going to go to jail for a long time uh, and wanted to protect her son Charlie from his very abusive father. And, and that's you know, why she said she did it. She was convicted of what and how long was her sentence? Uh,
1: Julie was uh there wasn't even a trial she pled guilty right off uh, she received second degree murder twenty five years to life. Uh, I just found out two weeks ago that uh, she may she's up for eligible for parole next year uh, so we'll see how that works.
0: tell me about um, the process of, of you reaching back out to her after she went to jail and and the process of interviewing her for the book i mean i can't imagine that she would want to relive all this and talk to you or anybody else about it so i am amazed that this book happened at all
1: yeah it's it uh that that in itself was a long story uh i i had carried the burden of not asking her and and finding out what happened so i, I had that bothering me for quite some time so I decided when I was going to start uh, writing about it. I, I went through court records. I, I went through her attorney. I, I talked to the homicide detectives. I talked to the police officers on the scene. Uh, psychiatric reports, uh, autopsy, the, the taped interview, and all the information that I could gather was was was. Enormous. It took me four years to put this book together. Uh, at the same time, I needed to speak to her. I wanted to get her story. Why did you do this? Just like any uh, anything, else, everybody else, I wanted to know why. Why did you do this? And because I, I was looking for for some kind of redemption for myself. Um, sure. I went through the process of contacting the Department of Corrections. I was told that as as, uh, as a journalist, I could get an hour with her, and that was it. So I went back and forth with the Department of Corrections. I finally got the warden of the correctional facility where she was on the phone. He... Did a tirade about her making money off of this, I said she's not making any money off of this book at all and i said sir um it it's my desire to do this book to stop from having women in your facility and he told me after that that I could have unlimited time with her any you know just on a twenty four hour notice. So that worked out great. I got, uh, I got, I was allowed all of that time, and and she and I had been writing back and forth about doing this. So, when I when I was on my way to the facility, I was talking to the supervisor, her supervisor in her section, and uh, she told me she said, you know, we have a lot of women here that have done the same and other crimes. And she said, "I think you just spent four hours of driving for nothing, because they never talk about it. They they will not talk about it. If they do talk about it, somebody else did it. It's always uh, it's not them. So she. One of the agreements I had with Julie was you have to you have to go through with this, all the way. So I got to the facility. Uh, went in to the to the waiting room. They brought her out. I had not seen her for five years. Uh, it was a little bit uncomfortable. Sure. Uh, she she told me uh, that she had been, uh, that she had received over 3,000 requests to do an interview. She said that the only reason she'd do it with me is she trusted me. Not to make it a, a circus. Well, we sat down in that cell and, uh, I had my pad of paper out and my questions and my tape recorder. And, uh, I said, they told me that you're not going to, uh, you're not going to do this. She said, no, I've thought it over in this period of time before we, we agreed to do this. And I said, she said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you everything. And the courage of giving me everything was, was a surprise, um, The book is written as if we're at trial and a case is being presented. I don't judge. I don't take a side. I let the reader decide. Julie did not go through trial. She pled guilty and was sentenced. This book is her trial. She gave me everything, details that, you know, people just don't say. Uh, we got to the night of of the murder, and I sat two feet away from Julie, who was standing at the time and she literally transported back in time to nineteen ninety six and relived that night right in front of me um the stress, the tension, the tears, the cutting motions—it was—it was something that has stayed with me ever since, and uh, will at certain times even draw tears. It's—it's it's an amazing story. Uh, her her purpose, my purpose, is to have at least one child stopped at least to have one child not be murdered because of that story being told. And that was the whole purpose so The story of the is uh,
0: the story is just, uh, it's compelling and it's raw and it's uh, emotional and your heart's in the right place. And, and I hope Gary, that you've gotten some closure from, from writing it and uh, we encourage you if if you uh, can to pick up a copy of this book and share it with anyone that, that you think might uh, might benefit from it. The book is called Through a Mother's Eyes. The author is Carrie Allen Stone. It's available at amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Through a Mother's Eyes author Carrie Allen Stone. We're out of time. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, sir. we out